Hey, hey, and welcome to the Thanksgiving hangover episode mm-hmm. of Digital Digital. Get down, get down! Officially, it's episode 61, and we just finished off the last of our Thanksgiving leftovers. That was the last of it, right? Um, yeah. There's still alcohol left, though. Oh, okay. But I'm good for now, I think. Still pearl onions left, or did we finish those, too? Yes, your delicacy of pearl onions, they're all gone now. I didn't mean for that to be such a drama-filled food item. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes you happy. I just wanted it to be a side dish to have what was, my what's your favorite? What's your favorite Thanksgiving item? Pumpkin pie? Hmm. I'm realizing now how turkey, how overrated turkey really is. That was just that... I'm not just saying this as a wannabe vegetarian. There was just that Brooklyn Nine-Nine quote, that turkey yeah. tastes like napkins. Absolutely. I, you know how much butter I slathered on that? You had your hands how? all up in that turkey. Yeah. All in the up innards. in it. So much butter, so many herbs. I did not taste a single herb on that turkey. I it tasted pretty good. It just tastes like turkey. Like, no matter what you do to it, it's going to taste like turkey. Yeah. I think we got the right size turkey. I know that was a debate. Yeah, whoever says that you only need one and a half pounds per person, that's BS. Because according to that math, we would have had leftovers for like a week. Not the case. Yeah. Not the case. But uh, like, if, that's assuming everyone eats the drumsticks and everything. Yeah. Which everybody does not. Um. In other local news, we signed up for Netflix again. Blech. Yeah, I'm excited about it actually. Have you even made a list yet? Because there ain't it. there ain't much on there. What did you add? If you want to pull it up, um, yeah, sure. Um, there's just some shows that I had been wanting to watch. I was struggling with TV shows because the ones that I wanted to watch, I felt like the ones on Hulu, like the two of us are watching together. So whenever I wanted to watch a TV show on my own, yeah, I felt. And then since we got Gosh, rid of the what DV- a burden since we got rid of the DVR, yeah, I was feeling a little bit. I can't even read this list. Um, Oh, you're going to watch The Crown. Shocking. Probably not going to watch The Crown. I just put it on there. I want to go back to Riverdale because I started watching that. Great British Baking Show. Mm -hmm. I had been wanting to watch. Glee, you're going to go back and watch. Thor Ragnarok, I can watch Mm -hmm. anytime. Wait, you skipped one. Shameless is one that I've really been wanting to go back and watch. Mm -hmm. You only have 18 more seasons of Supernatural to get through. The 100. I know you'll make me watch that again We're going to go back to that sometime. Queer Eye. I keep seeing things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mostly it's useful for school. I still need to finish Rain. But yeah, seems I've got like a lot you of found like all of here. the non Netflix originals, pretty much. Like all the all eighteen that are left, you've added to your list. Yeah. Hmm. Dragon Prince is a Netflix original, and I kind of want to watch that one. And there's the second season of Dear White People, I think, and I liked that show. Hmm. Um, You're going to watch Recess? Maybe. Wow. It's going to be as bad as Doug, I worry. It's about fifth graders, so I thought it would be. That's true. Um, Let's see, what we else? Watched, we watched our mm-hmm. one annual episode of Pushing Daisies. Yes. I don't know if the, does the podcast know about this I bizarre... I remember if we talked about it last year. Bizarre tradition we have? We probably, they probably don't remember even if we did talk about it last year. I remember like a decade ago watching Pushing Daisies on ABC with my dad and my dad just all day long before an episode would just like say the word pie maker like throughout the day 
And that always just stuck in my brain that it was a show about a pie maker. I've never opened this, opened up to me about this before. Yeah, yeah. And so then when we start, first ma started making our first Thanksgiving pies like on our own. Ago, four years yeah. ago. Yeah. I was like, we should watch a show about pie makers, obviously. But I was never inspired to watch it again after that day. So we decided to just watch one episode per calendar year. Also part of our anti-binging crusade. Absolutely true. It's like the exact opposite of a binge. We're dragging it out as long as humanly possible. I still don't get binging. For for society that is so, so busy, so stressed out. And so much about productivity. Yes. Why is our thing that we can sit down and watch 10 hours of a TV show in a weekend? Because that's how people turn their brain off. And that's how they feel productive when they're not. Because they're like, oh, I finished a whole season well, of a TV show. It still has to be an extreme. Nothing in moderation Because you don't anymore. feel productive unless you finish it. Ugh. I know. Speaking of beautiful television, gotten back into Jeopardy. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about Jeopardy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm suckling back at that teat now. Why did you have to say it like that? <laughs> you made a lot of weird sexual innuendos while my brother was here. Um, he just brings it out in me. That's weird. So, so yeah, been watching Jeopardy. There were a few adult shows that we watched, and then we got pretty heavily into the teen tournament. We did. Uh, we did. Uh, I would who, say... Who was really good at it? Uh, I would say I am, that. like, in my prime and, like, first round adult, first single Jeopardy adult edition, whereas you dominate teen Jeopardy. Yes. Yeah. If I was uh, a decade younger... With my same knowledge. Yeah, and you had gone to it. Quiz Bowl camp. Oh. I was, mm. in, I was in the math team that one time. You were not really. <laughs> I was not really. I was so <laughs> bad at it. It was for extra credit, so I didn't fail algebra. But yeah, like, Jeopardy is like the one thing that can hold my attention for 22 minutes, so hurrah for that. And it always that. lures me in. I'm always, trying I know. To, I'm always trying to read a book or do something in the other room, and then I hear it, and then I just yelling answers from the other room, and then I'm like, fuck it, I might as well just it's go in so there. It's so interactive. But who's better? Got it. Um, more importantly, so we have this <laughs> new plan. You're going to try to not watch regular television while we eat dinner, which yeah, we're terrible about. It's really bad for me, I think, because then, just like with binging, I just, I could ease, my problem with binging is I could easily succumb to binging. Mm -hmm. But then it doesn't actually hold my attention, so then I end up like playing on my phone or something at the same time, and then that's just not resting my brain. Uh, so yeah, as a baby step, we're going to try to just watch Jeopardy during dinner. Mm-hmm. We're going to be yelling at answers through our food. Yeah, it's, I don't know why we came up with this idea. It's going to be messy. Because you can't binge Jeopardy. Correct. And, like, it doesn't really get my brain into the same kind of sedative, yeah. sedated state as okay. sedative. We'll see how that sedative. goes. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to, uh, my favorite commercials on TV right now, which would be, is it called Million Little Things? Those little teaser trailers that we get in between some of our shows. I dare you to have chemo. That one? <laughs> she won't tell me who the father is. Dare me to do anything. I dare you to get chemo. I just find it so funny that people, you know, act like these shows, you know, starting with This Is Us, are like some Ugh. breakthrough in They're drama so television. They're soap operas into a primetime format. That's yeah. all they are. They're soap operas for people who have jobs. That's well said. Thank you. You're so bright. Thanks. Any other hot takes to lead us off? I think we should call I this section we gonna, hot takes. I thought we were going to talk about 
Well, you gotta do the theme song. Good news and bad news. I thought oh, we're we on were... to good news and bad news. That was just um, my updates. Oh, this is just updates. Hot takes, yeah. I thought this was intro. Yeah. That's how I usually put in my notes. Got it. Um, you didn't talk about my favorite commercial, which led to our... Wow. This is how exciting our lives are. This is a lengthy story. This is how exciting our lives are. There's this very cute commercial where this kid... Might be a Midwest-only thing. trying to figure out... Uh, what's the locations of these stores? He's trying know. to figure out what Santa's favorite cookie is. And he asks everybody, and nobody knows, and he watches all the other kids in the store picking different cookies, and he can't figure out what type of cookies he wants to give to for the Santa, because he wants to give them the best cookies, and then in the end, he has a bright idea, and it finishes with him giving Santa a cookie jar for all the kids that give him cookies. Yeah. It's really cute. Um, it's, but a it's, little bit, it's a little bit fat-shaming, because it's like Santa can't eat all the cookies, he should be saving some, no, so there's not. a little bit of that. No, it's not. <laughs> The kid was just being smart, mm. and instead of giving him cookies, he got him something functional to hold the rest Storage. of his cookies. So, and it's a very cute commercial. Look, his name is Nico, and he's cute. Um, and one time, one mythical, beautiful, magical time, I've seen the extended version of the commercial. And I've never seen it since, and I keep waiting for it, and we keep seeing, like, the short versions instead. Now, you haven't mentioned what the commercial is for, which is the sign of a terrible commercial. So the commer I, I don't know. That commercial is the reason we went into the store. Fair, fair. Um, and it worked out for everybody because we got free strobe waffles. Fact. That was like the most magical store experience I've ever had. I can't even eat them and I was excited. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Cost Plus World Market. Yep. Too many letters. Cost many... Pro Plus Minus World Market. Yeah, too many words. But we had quite this debate because from that commercial, I assumed it was mostly like specialty food items. Mm -hmm. And... From the other commercial, you there's like a different version of a different uh, version of the commercial. Mm -hmm. You assumed that it was all furniture. Correct, furnishings. You claimed furniture when we shook our, our handshake bet. Um, so we went in there today to settle the score. It was a tie. Lots of furniture and lots of food. Lots of furniture, lots of specialty food. It was kind of cool. They had a lot of international foods. Mm -hmm. Like, it was kind of like a upscale Christmas tree shop. Hence the world market aspect. Yeah. So it had some cool specialty foods from all over the world, but it was mostly, like, kitschy gifts. Yeah. Like, candles and, like, weird-themed racks of, like, unicorn related yeah, gifts. Yeah, a lot of unicorn stuff. Yeah, so I would be interested to see what it's like not at Christmas time, because a lot of it was Christmas. What do they sell in the Christmas tree shop not at Christmas time? Christmas Does anyone know? Tree. They sell a lot of weird summer stuff. Hmm. Anyways, so that's my favorite commercial, and it led to our... Uh, Sad lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make a minute. Do you have any real there. good news or bad news, or what do you have to share with today? Oh, God, that's a long list! Yeah. Some of them will be fast. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with good news. Lynn manuel Miranda is getting a star on the Walk of Fame. I always see these news stories. I never click them. But it's always like, really? It took that long? I guess it takes the a while to cement those things, huh? Mm-hmm. But hurrah. Hurrah. Good for Lynn. Huzzah, are you trying to say? I or can't hooray? wait to see what pithy tweet he can come up with. Or freestyle that he does at his, at his ceremony. Um, also, this is not related to Lin-Manuel, but, um, someone on Twitter tweeted this picture of a, a woman who handed out flyers that she wanted to borrow somebody's orange cat to have, um, so her kids could have dinner with Garfield, because they were obsessed with Garfield. Mm. 
and then made it very clear that she wanted to just borrow it and then give it back after she was not looking to adopt it. And she got a cat. Happy ending? Yeah, happy ending. Okay. My last one. It wasn't like a make-a-wish thing or anything, was no, it? No, she just be sad. Like, had two young kids who were obsessed with Garfield and wanted him to come over for dinner. Got I it. I think he's real. Next! Um, the Ellen Pompeo, Gabrielle Union, Who's Gina Rodriguez, Emma Roberts interview for some magazine uh-huh. where Ellen Pompeo was, like, super woke and called out the interview that they were currently in for not having enough people of color, like as the part of the crew and the staff. Damn, girl. Uh, And it was pretty impressive, and it led to, like, a pretty interesting conversation about race and and calling out race and whose job it is to call it race or or who might be more qualified or more comfortable in certain situations or who has less to lose. Um, So it was really nice because I I just remember one time in one of our very first uh, episodes, you, I was calling out uh, Emma Watson for... Yeah. At the time, being kind of a white feminist, and you said, "Well, what's an example of a good feminist that's a white person?" I did pose that to you. Uh, and it sounds like Ellen Pompeo might fit that. Thank you. Sixty episodes <laughs> later, we found one. Play the play the celebration music, producer. Oh, we don't have a producer. Can't afford one. Um. Anyways, I just thought it was a nice interview, and she said not all the right things, but she uh, made some really good points. And uh, Gina and Gabby seemed pretty impressed mm-hmm. with um, the way that she said things and how she said things. So it was nice good. to watch, and I learned a lot. What else? That was all my good news. Do you have a good news? Um, We haven't podcasted in a while, so I have some catch-up uh, fantasy baseball hour. Are you serious? Last, one I, sw- last one I swear. Is it about the cat that's up for adoption named Mookie? No. Um, your rookie of the year is in the American League. Oh, I saw it. Um, Shohei, fan really? of the show, fan I of the show. I did not show. see that. I'm sorry. How embarrassing! I saw the MVP. How embarrassing was it for the two Yankee rookies who had terrific years to be beaten out by a guy who played like 60 games, if that. Yeah, but the fact that he had pitched and hit as many home runs as he did. Was enough to. So you get bonus points in voters. your fantasy league retroactively oh, for having absolutely not. the rookie of the year. But I should, I should argue for that. Yeah. Um. Who was the MVP? Wasn't it Mookie? One. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was. Don't thinking. steal my good news, Thunder. Oh, sorry. Go. Yeah. No, that's it now. I'm sorry. Um. Mookie. Alex Cora did Mookie. not somehow Mookie. did not win. Manager Fuck of the that. year? Who won manager? Who was the better manager than uh, The Oakland A's, who should have won like 30 games and won like 90, but still. First year manager who wins a World the Series? The issue is all the awards are voted on at the end White of the regular men. season. <laughs> no! <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I guess he did renegotiate his contract, so I think he's getting paid. Nice. Happy ending. Well, they can't get rid of him now. Um, I don't really have any bad news other than the fact that Toy Story 4 is, like, going to be a real thing, and I just find that so sad. Um, do you want one of my bad news is that sure. is going to be controversial? It was gonna, I was going to save it as an upcoming, because I don't have many upcoming. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the new Lion King trailer? No. Saw the tweet, didn't click it. It's just the same. Yeah. What's the point? But So, the animals' mouths are moving, though? 
Um, they don't even show that. What do you mean? It's the same script you're saying? Same songs? So like it, it's like shot for shot. Shot for shot. Okay, we'll just do a low preview. Live. Live reaction. Where's Pride Rock? Where's Elton John? Everything the light touches. They got James Earl Jones. Even the same voice. It's our kingdom. Hmm. But a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. Oh my, Rafiki. Oh, it's not gonna be any good. Like Simba has no character, no character in his face. It's mm -hmm. not even that baby cute. Simba. Ooh, yeah. Real lion cubs are adorable. I mean, so many questions. Which one's Seth Rogen? Uh, I think he's uh, a hyena. Uh, Pumba. Yeah? Okay. Remember. I mean, this trailer did not actually give anything away. Is it going to be the same script and the same song? That's a huge question. I don't know. That seems like obviously it's going to be that same song. Like, that's the problem with rebooting something so iconic, hmm. is you can't not include the original songs, because how could you have, have Lion King without Hakuna Matata or Circle of Life? Yeah. But, like... What are you adding to it? It's literally James Earl Jones. It's the same voice. It's just a remake. I I question Mr. John Favreau. Like, how does your career go from like shit like Elf to like wanting to make movable African realistic animals mouth words? But like, it's not even. It's not live action. It's still just like <laughs> it's just updated animation. Correct. I've seen two sides of it from like my circle on social media i've seen people being like oh my god losing my damn mind like it broke some sort of record for the most watched trailer of all time from disney yeah. or something including marvel but on the other hand i've seen people that that are like it's not any different it's like the same it's still animated why See, do if we more need movie this? theaters did did events like the one near us does, which is just bring back old movies for the heck of it. Yeah. Like, if you could go see Lion King for, like, two weekends a year every year, then yes. you would just bring your kids to that. You wouldn't yes. have to remake a movie. Yeah, I just... I Lion, Hire me, Hollywood. Lion King is, like, my second favorite Disney movie. Yeah. And I'm just not excited about that. I just don't see the point. Why? When are we going to get a live-action like, Toy Story? This was... It looks like goddamn the exact same movie, but not with not quite right looking CG animals. They even got James Earl Jones to reprise his role, and I'm just like, what's even the point? <sighs> okay, you have some less bad news? <laughs> more bad news. Mm. It gets real serious from here on out. Yeah. Um, I am going to make you watch one more thing. You won't have to watch as long as this. Okay. I don't even know if I can find it again, actually, because it was, it was rough. What's it related to? Uh, T-word. Oh, boy. Um, While you look, I'll just give my weird news of the week. A little weird news interlude for you all. Uh, you know, everyone loves to hear people talk about their fantasy football teams, so I'll just 
drop a note that I have Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, drafted him for $1, is having like one of the best offensive years ever. Thank Stop, you. Uh, and he is on pace potentially to break Tom Brady's touchdown record. I guess he would need 57 in order to do, to do so. And the Heinz Ketchup Company has offered him free ketchup for life if he reaches 57 touchdowns. Why? Because of their 57 variety slogan. 57 and french fries potato? I've never understood Heinz's love of the number 57. When I go to the store, there's like two. When I was little, there used to be a third purple variety, and that was it. Have you oh, ever seen 57 varieties? Green variety. Mm. It's green for a while. Yeah. No. I okay. haven't. I've never understood what that refers to. Have you found your video yet? Are you sure you want to see this? It cannot be unseen. Okay. Can we landscape this? Everybody stand, stand by him. Let him stay by you. Oh, stand. Stand by you. Stand by you. Satano, Tano, stand by you. It's more humorous than most SNL political skits. I'm scarred by this. It's like a car crash. I can't look away. Yeah. So it is a T word in Palm Beach, apparently. Um, and someone with bad hair is singing... That's not a real recording artist? To him? I don't know. Save us, Taylor. Is Save singing us. singing to him um, modified lyrics of Stand By Me. Yeah. And instead of Darling, Darling, Stand By Us, it's Donald, Donald, Stand By Us. Yeah. And it's not even Stand By Me. It's Stand By Us. And it's like, you, we'll stand by you. Like... You need to get off Twitter, girl. I did... Why is... Why... Okay. What other bad news do you have? Um, same guy. Yeah. T-word. Talking about the floors of the forest, and that's why there was fires in California, is because we don't rake our forest floors like they do in Finland. Okay. Not that, an SNL skit. That was his analytical Yes. In Finland, they have the response. greatest rakes in the world, and they rake their forests. Okay. And that's the only reason that they don't have forest fires, is because they rake their forest floors, and we're obviously not doing a good job taking care of the forest. So many things wrong with that. Number one being he's the one who wants to defund the National Park Service. Yeah. I'm sure he can give all the coal miners uh, rakes and, and pay them to rake forests. That's a good idea, babe. Mm -hmm. You should float that. You could be in his cabinet. Um, and the last one is the most serious one of all. Did you see the stuff about abortion in Ohio? About how women could potentially get the death penalty for having, a, uh, for having an abortion? No. Because it, they would, it would count as murder? No. It is not... That needs to be a national... Tale. Is it not a national policy? Nope. States can make... Hmm. States can, uh, can't outlaw it entirely, but they can make... I guess, punishments for it, or I don't know. So it sounds like some Handmaid's Tale type shit, but it is not. Okay. That's the world we live in. Thanks for that, Downer. You're welcome. Uh, should we break for commercial? Sure. Before you want we to get into our stuff? Uh, who's our advertiser? Who are we promoting? Bookdigits. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. 
We're in the home stretch, folks. I had a wife come to me today. A wife? Not your wife? A wife. Just completely beside herself. She had to face facts and say she didn't know if she was going to meet her book digits goal. You know the great thing, is, thing about book digits, though? You can change your goal on December 30th. That's I, we don't cheating. actually care. Whatever care. makes you feel I'll, better. I'll judge you. We don't promote binge reading. It's painful. I do promote binge reading. Um, so we're going to see. Do you officially start Outlander yet? How uh, many no, days? I'll What's the over-under? What's the over-under on Outlander? What do you mean? How many days is it going to take yeah. me? Uh, based on how much schoolwork I have coming up, probably a lot. It could take me the whole month. Oof. And how many boat wrecks will they be in? Greater or less than seven? Hopefully less than because it's supposed to be on land, but you never They're know. Ne no, that you show never is know. never on land. <laughs> you never know. Okay. So my, um, I upped my reading goal. To seven, it was at 66, and I upped it to 70. 66. I don't remember why I justify. I think I did some sort of math to justify that. Um, but I can't recall now. Mm -hmm. um, but I upped it to 70 because I was ahead of schedule, because Bookstagram kind of got me into reading, and I read some like graphic novels and stuff. That mm -hmm. So I'm still two books ahead of schedule, even though I haven't been reading very much lately. But... Yeah, Outlanders was going to be my next one. And I don't want to, like, be selecting books just to inflate my reading goal like I did last you've been year. Known, yeah, you've been known to do that in the past. Um, but last year, you, you like, threw down and made a bet with me. And that was your fault. It was, like, yeah. a challenge accepted kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but, so I'm two books ahead of schedule, but I need to read five more books by the end of the year. Yeah. And just with, like... Christmas stuff and traveling and life's just gonna stuff. get in the way. And Outlander's like a thousand million pages, so I just don't know if it's gonna happen. Okay. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Also a downer. Sorry. So, main segment time. I think we gotta lead off with video games. Because we just did it for the second for time. For a surprise. Yeah. What was our video game jingle? I know part of it is me going, the Witcher <laughs> I think that's the whole Are thing. Are you a Witcher? There you go. Uh, but we're not talking about Witcher today. Are you going to let me play that again sometime? Yeah, we're going to pick it up. Okay. Uh, we're talking about A Way Out, which is was essentially advertised as prison co-op prison break for... Uh, modern gaming systems. Which was terrible advertising because the prison parts were the least interesting parts of it. Yeah. True. By far. So, yes, for the noobs out there who don't know, this is a true co-op two-player game. Split's... I think you can play either local or online if you had a partner online. Sometimes split screen, sometimes not. And it yep. was decently seamless with how they did that. Yep. Um, so every time you start playing, you get to pick which of the two characters you want to be. Uh, there are two male characters. One Leo's my boy. One guy named Leo who is a little bit—he's like a New Yorker, I guess. He's like of. an Italian like, stereotype. Yeah, he's edgy and feisty and got like real big uh, mutton chop sideburns. Yeah. And then there's Vincent, who is a little bit more reserved, a little bit more strategic, less emotional. Wimpy. Hey. <laughs> and. Um, there's like five or so main chapters in, in the game, but when we started, yeah, I assumed almost all of it was going to take place inside the prison, breaking out, but really only the first, like, quarter of it really yeah. is. 
So it's told in a little bit of a flashbacky uh, situation where they're kind of narrating from some sort of present or semi-present day situation and then looking back and then you kind of work work your way towards that. You know that they escape. It wouldn't be a very good prison break game if you didn't. Yeah. They're in a helicopter together in like uh, SWAT gear. Yeah. So there's a big twist at the end of the game. I think we'll have to get into it a little bit, but we'll keep this part spoiler free. Yeah. For now. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a co-op game. You have to work together to to steal some tools within the prison to figure out how you're going to break out. Um, I did not like the prison part because it kept just like magically setting you back to the prison. Like you'd get to a certain length of the escape and then it'd be mm-hmm. like, all right, got to steal a wrench and you'd just be like back in prison. Correct. Well, that it was part a, kind of irritated me. I don't yeah. think that part was that well done. Yeah, it tried it to it tried to skip over any sort of repetitive part of the game and let you start on something new. In terms of overall impressions, I think this was like the perfect, like a game perfectly designed for you and me to play. Yes, it was a very good co-op game in that they did, they had a good balance of like things where you have to work together on them, like to lift things and move things, but also having things like one person's driving and one person's shooting or whatever, like a good balance of that. Um, I also thought it was just the right amount of story, which is something I've never said about a video game ever. Yeah. You didn't even complain about the cutscenes too, too much. No, because they were decently short. Yeah. And they, the, I don't know, the plot wasn't like ridiculous. Like maybe I just don't like fantasy video game cutscenes. Yeah. But this one was just like, I don't know, some of the stuff about his, his, the wife's, the wives and whatever I could have done without. But overall, I thought it kept me interested in the story. And there was enough, enough cutscenes that it was like, made clean breaks between certain segments of the Right, but there were a lot of good fluid cutscenes where like, part of your chase or whatever would get taken over by the cutscene, but then boom, you'd be back in control. Yes. It didn't leave you like 40 minutes of dialogue in a cutscene that you have to skip through. Um, I think in terms of difficulty, I don't believe there was an option to change the difficulty. It's a pretty... Don't. What? It's the only shooter game I've ever been good at in my Correct. whole life. It's pretty, if you're an experienced gamer, I think you would probably be a little bit disappointed with the ease of it. I think you could blow through some of it. Yeah, so like your brother was in town for this past week and we sat down and beat it over the course of three days, probably like eight or nine hours total. And I mean, you and I had done it before so we knew yeah. like which way to head and which choice to take on what some traps of not and, to fall into yeah so we kind of were playing it through a second time so we already knew some of yeah. the traps so i think like That's it would have taken longer but yeah it was something that we could i felt like it took us ages to get through the prison stuff yeah because i think partially i was bored of it i was like not yeah. really into we it at first it that much. no Um, I think one of my favorite things about the game is like the minimal tutorial required. Like that's a, that's a big measure of good game for me is that if you can learn how to do things on screen without having to have the game pause itself and say, here's where you check your inventory and here's where you do this. And oh, don't forget to do this. Make sure you practice to do this right now. Like in a game as big as Witcher, okay, you need to learn how to cast signs and yeah. switch weapons and stuff. But it gets, it gets me a little too much. Like when, you, when towards the end of our game, when our inventory got so huge, yeah. I was like, I don't even know what to carry anymore, or yeah. what to switch on and off. And yeah, so in this game, there's like no real collectibles. There's plenty of side missions and mini games, which are a lot of fun. The mini games were surprisingly fun. Like it should not be fun to play Connect Four on a oh, so much video fun. game, and it was really fun. Yeah, I wish there was more to collect because you know I love. 
wandering around collecting things. That. So I could have done with a little bit more collecting. Like, it seemed a little bit silly that when they got out of prison, they didn't, like, try to collect food and water. And, like, I can see in the prison, you can't really collect sure. things. But, like, when they were escaping, it was like, you're not going to let me collect, like, some berries for food or water yeah. or, like, a gun. Like, even when you kill people, they didn't take their guns. And Correct. then they were There's like, only... we need weapons. And it's like, you should have just stolen yeah. all the weapons that you had. There's only one level where you get to pick your gun and that's it. That's your gun for the game. Yeah. Like, it's not possible to pick up a gun off somebody else. No. Um, so, in proper book digits fashion, let's do some breakdown percentages of this game. Because it's a good blend of, like, a bunch of game game types that we've played, I think. Okay. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Though? Um, I know that you were bothered in um, that zombie one we played. Yeah, that was going to be my first comparison. The Last of Us. The Last of Us in terms of you didn't find it very clear of like where to go. How did you feel about oh this Oh my one? god, this game, that's why, this game was perfect for you in terms of the level of difficulty and stuff. This game was perfect for me in terms of like, you could stray a little bit if you wanted to explore or try to find a mini game, but like... You weren't going to waste 45 minutes going in circles. And there were it no real possible. side quests. No. There were mini games and choices to make yeah. in it. And they did have... I thought it also had a good balance. Like, Witcher, we got so stressed towards the end of it, trying to figure out what choices and what to say and what conversations yeah. because it was going to, like, block off endings for us. Yeah, there are a lot of... There's a lot of dialogue options in this game. I didn't get the sense that any of it affected anything, which Not starts to them. ring hollow after a while. It did until actually it started to affect things. Like once you escape, yeah. you can make choices. Well, there are there are clear decision trees, but there's also a lot of dialogue with what they call non-playable characters, and those don't affect things. And I was fine with that. In okay. Witcher, it stressed me out yeah. that like depending on the conversations you you had with people, that like you would lose things. Like yeah. where's lose this, the opportunity? Where's this to one? And I, a level. if it's a non-playable character, and you should just like skip, 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 skip. Yeah. I don't really care what they have to say. Yeah. Um, so it was fine with me that they didn't really matter. Yeah. So yeah, I obviously grew to appreciate a game like The Witcher 3. I'm not... I've taken Red Dead Redemption 2 off my Christmas list just because... Did you tell whoever you gave it to? Pretty sure. Just because all the reviews I've read, like all the individual reviews, not reviews written by big publications, have said... You know, you have to spend like 15 minutes every gaming session cleaning your gun if you want to use your gun again. And it's like realistic and everyone talks about how... What is it, Westworld? It is, essentially. It's a it's a Wild West simulation rather than like an action-adventure game. No, I need there to be some sort of plot. Yeah. Um, okay, so in terms of comparisons, there's definitely a lot of Last of Us. I thought Last of Us was the most. Because of the two... I mean, Last of Us should have been a co-op. One of you should have been the girl. Last of Us would have been such a good co-op. Because one of my biggest complaints was that I would run somewhere and I didn't know if the little girl was following me or not, or if I was following her. Yeah. It was so annoying. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of Last Last of Us moments where you're, like, hoisting people up, but it's a lot less annoying than that game, I think. I'm going to make a weird comparison. Yeah. Bugs and Taz. Adventure Through Time or something like that was this game that my brother and I were obsessed with. Yes. Okay. My brother and I were obsessed with it, um, like, when I was in middle school and Mm -hmm. high school, probably. It was a two-player game. Mm -hmm. One of you was uh, Taz, and he could drill holes. Uh And one of you was Bugs, and Bugs could jump really high. And Taz could drill a hole, and then Bugs could go down it. Smart. This was a bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you had to like travel through time to get to different eras to collect things that were lost or something. Mm-hmm. 
but it had some similarities with um like the find each other things yeah and with the like co-op parts of it like that was the only other co-op game that i've played extensively in my life probably is Mm. this like old school looney tunes game gosh and there was this cool mini game in it where you could play this aztec like basketball game Uh uh-huh anyways wow you're chiming in with some obscure references yeah (laughs) i'm sure the true uh video game video gamers are no i'm sure they're like (laughs) rolling over in their like potential graves right now (laughs) potential graves um, so there's a Lost of Us element, that, Last of Us element, there's some stealth parts, but it's not as annoying stealth as, like, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Like, there's no following closely behind to overhear things, thankfully. No, what was the one that we played, though, that, um, it would tell you if they... Oh, it reminded me of, um... What? How far we... Whatever far we got in that one that we didn't like. Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah, in terms of it would tell you when the, um... It would tell you when the bad guys were looking at you. Yeah. I liked that aspect of it once I figured that out. Okay. Like with the shooters and stuff. Like yeah. it would when they turn were active different or not. colors. Yeah, that's pretty typical for most, most games. I'm, I have that's a very okay, narrow honey. video game world. I'm just trying, trying to get so mine. hard. Um, so some stealth, there's really only a couple of shooting levels, but like you said, like they were right up your alley. Yeah. I was so... I've never been good at a sniper level before. Oh my and that was gosh. You blowing guys' heads off. That was the most fun. There's a big um, Uncharted sort of feeling to this game. Oh, that's the one you played. Yeah, where you you often like are climbing on stuff or sliding down rocks. You need Hoping to time jumps. Rocks. Rocks. Yeah. Um, what are the other levels that we enjoyed? There's some driving levels. The driving engine in the game is not terribly good. Not good, no. Um, but the shooting while driving I thought was fun. Yeah. Difficult, but fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was a good mix of things. Like, I never really got bored because there was always a new kind of dynamic within the game. Yeah, there were certainly different, like, sections of the game. Like, you're in prison, and then you're escaping from prison, and then you're taking down Harvey, and then the ending. Do you want to get into the ending? I think it's time to, yeah. Spoiler alert if you plan to play this game. If you like co-ops and you have maybe someone who's not so good at video games... But it wants to play. This is a good game for yeah. you. So if you're going to play, stop listening for now. Um, so yeah. On our first playthrough, we kind of like broke it up a lot. We played over the course of like two months probably. We really should have pushed to that beginning a little bit Yeah. More. So I lost track of exactly why we were going after this guy, Harvey, who was kind of portrayed as like a drug lord. But apparently all he did was steal diamonds for whatever reason. He was like a crime lord. Just a general crime mafia guy. Yeah. Um... So I'd kind of lost track of why we were hunting him down. But anyways, in the game you do go and you successfully kill him without too much, um, too I many mean, obstructions. I mean, there's a rocket launcher part. True. He fights back there. And um, that very difficult hostage situation part. Yeah. So you end up in Mexico getting one of the most valuable diamonds in the world. Mm-hmm. The two of you. Mm-hmm. And then they get back in a plane and come back to nondescript America and it's never clear exactly what their plans are. They're both going to return to their wives and families, but how are they going to live as? Well, um, Leo talked about like criminals? that his wife would be ready. Like told her that to be ready. Okay. To go to leave as soon as he got back or something. So I think they yeah. were planning on like running for it, like yeah. taking mo- the money that they'd saved or whatever, and just like 
making a run. But in for hindsight, it. maybe better to stay in Mexico when you're already outside the country. Right? So, anyways, what were they going to do with the diamond? You kill the last boss, so you think, wow, maybe that's the end of the game. And the two guys get back in the plane, and mm -hmm. it's playing out this long cutscene. Mm -hmm. They land on a tarmac, nondescript airport, and the police are waiting for them there. And you're like, what? You know, I thought this game was almost over. We're going to have to escape these cops now. Where did they come from? How, you know, who gave us up? And on the second playthrough, uh, the people we were playing with both assumed that the pilot of the air airplane had given them up. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it turns out one of them was a double agent. In a you sense. betrayed me. Vincent. You betrayed did. me. So it's a good twist in the sense that it's it's really hard to see it coming and it changes your total perspective on the game. But then as they try to backtrack and explain how it all came together, it's a little hit or miss. Yeah. Um, it was our only option. So yes, yeah, so real quick, the premise is is that Vincent is actually a cop or an FBI agent who whose brother was also a cop and was involved in trying to recover the diamond and buy it off of Harvey in the first place. So there's a scene that you've seen um, from Leo's point of view where he gets screwed over by Harvey, and then you then see it from... And in the process, uh, uh, the FBI agent uh, gets killed. Well, you, you don't know it's an FBI True. agent at first. You just think it's a buyer, and then... When you see it later in the game from um, Vincent's perspective, you see that it was actually a setup, that it was like a cop with a wire. Correct. So, and I don't, it's unclear if Harvey knew that it was a setup and that's why he shot the guy. Or it doesn't seem like it. He just wanted the, the money for the diamond and the diamond back again. Yeah. But turns out that the guy that got shot and died in that like you know deal gone wrong was Vincent's brother. So he yeah. wasn't lying, saying that Harvey killed his brother and he wanted to get revenge or whatever. But then he... So Leo gets, you know, arrested and thrown into jail. And they try to get out of him some information about Harvey and where Harvey took the diamond. And I guess this is a very new police task force because they give up quite, quite quickly. Yes. And they say, oh, we're not getting anything out of Leo. We got to put him in jail. We need There is plan. only one way yes. to On do this. On multiple occasions, they say there's only one place, one way this can go from here. And that strategy is to send Vincent undercover into jail where it didn't seem like any of the prison guards or the warden knew that he was undercover. Deeply undercover. And then from there, he would befriend Leo, gain his trust, figure out a strategy for breaking out of the prison, then run through the wilderness, escape to Mexico, almost die about a half, about three dozen times, kill Harvey, steal the diamond back, and bring it back to America for the police to cash in? I don't know. Like, why... Why was it so hard to escape from prison? Shouldn't he have been able to, like, have his cops pull some strings and help him? Like, why couldn't the wardens know? And my other big complaint was that, you know, the idea was that he and Leo had to escape together because Leo was the only one who could lead them back to the diamond. But immediately, once they're out on the on the outside, Leo goes, oh, I have no idea where Harvey is or any of that stuff. We, we gotta go talk to one of his guys. 
And that's what kicks off the rest of the storyline. But Leo had the trust of the guys to... Not really. The guy they chased down in that construction site, he wasn't in a giving mood. True. That they had to him. St- torture him. And then the, the girl that they got the guns from, she, tur- she like, outed them. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. So the, the, uh, the people who wrote the script... You know, I think wanted to deliver a big, big twist, and... The twist worked. We were shocked. Yeah. But, and then the ending is quite shocking as well, which I won't totally spoil. Yeah. Um, There's only two possible endings. Yeah, both of them are tragic. I think the ending we first had was actually better. Correct. Because we purposely tried to manipulate the second ending when we went through it again, just to see what the difference was. But, um... So, yeah. So I think we can recommend it. Yeah. It's not like a, I forget what they call it, like AAA game. It's not like a premiere game, especially graphics wise. It's a little bit weak. It's fine. PS4. But yeah, I mean, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn didn't hold our attention thanks to its beautiful graphics. So it it's not a make or break thing for us. And I would not judge it based on just the first bits when you're in prison. Like if you can push through the first couple hours of gameplay. Yeah. Like if you like it enough just to get through that, then once you're kind of towards the later stages of the prison breakout, like the actual escape, and then what happens after that, that's the interesting part. Yep. And a way out is not just a way out of prison, it's a way out of their situation. Wow. And that's the more interesting part. So yeah, it's sort of like an indie developer, I think, so it'll be interesting to see what else they come up with. Um, But yeah. Cool. Okay, and now we also have a movie to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to spend too much time on this one. I don't have a lot of thoughts, no. Um, so we're talking about Fargo, the mm-hmm. motion picture mm-hmm. by the Coen brothers. Your first Coen brothers movie, we think. Did not enjoy it. Say it louder into the microphone. Did not enjoy it. Um, we watched. I forced you to watch it mostly. This was my second viewing. Mostly... Just because of the Minnesota connections. Yes. Um, you know, it was very funny when we moved from Australia to Minnesota because the only thing that Australians knew about Minnesota was Fargo the movie and Fargo the TV show. So I had multiple people come up to me and literally say, like, be careful. Like, do you know, do you understand how many Which serial killers safe. and yeah. dangerous criminals and are out there? Yeah. So many guns. Um, so that was humorous, and the movie obviously does have some sort of black comedy elements to it. Um, but yes, I forced you to watch this just so that we could check it off our Minnesota list. We already watched, how, could, how come we didn't talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous on this podcast? I was, that was going to be one of my takeaways, is that if, for people who we would recommend a satire or a depiction of true Minnesota life, I would definitely lean towards Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous with, like, Kirstie Alley and... Kirsten Dunst. Dunst and Amy Adams. Yeah. Like, that one, I think, had, like, the weird uh, death storyline. Yeah. Um, But in a more humorous, satirical way. Correct. And I think it did a better job of satirizing Minnesota without getting bogged down with death. Mm-hmm. Like, that one was primarily a satire with a serial killer subplot. Yeah. And this one was the opposite. It was, like, lots of killing and crime and then just kind of... A few a accents of... thrown in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess I don't really feel like Fargo the movie is much of a satire on, on the Minnesota way of life, really. The character who 
who accentuates it the most is the wife, and she's really out of the picture quite quickly. Yes. Um, the cop is the best. Yes, Marge. Margie is the best. Yeah. Played by, uh, what's her name? Academy know. Award winner. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's such an old movie, we don't need to waste a ton of time on the plot, but one of the most confusing things about the movie is that Fargo is in North Dakota. Yes. Um... But most of the movie takes place in Minnesota, and that's why it's considered a Minnesota movie. That's where the Coen brothers are from. So what's his face from... Um... Steve Buscemi? No. What's his face from Shameless? Yeah. Gary... Uh, what's his name? I don't know. What's his face? That's why I said to, what's his face. We're going to have to look up some actors' names for their sake. Um, He, for some reason... William H. Macy. Yeah, William H. Macy, for some reason, needs money and thinks it's best if he, if he... Uh, stages the kidnapping of his wife to extort her father for ransom money. Right. He's in a lot of financial issues, and he's too proud to ask his father-in-law for money, but he wants to circumvent that by extorting him, like you said. Yes. Um, and so he doesn't reveal the extent of his financial difficulties, because the father-in-law already doesn't like him and, like, comes from money. Um, so basically everything goes awry. Immediately. Immediately. Um, the two people that he hired go on a kind of killing spree, an accidental killing spree, mm -hmm. um, because they're just really bad at their jobs. It's kind of like watching Home Alone, like yeah. just two really bad criminals, um, like really bad at being criminals, I should say. Um, and then everything just is ridiculous. Right. I like the movie more once Margie comes into play and you kind of see her arc where she's first presented as like a typical Midwest um, female, and it's like a little bit surprising that, oh wow, she's such an important detective on the force, but you kind of assume that she's going to be oblivious to the obvious evidence and stuff. But she quickly pieces things together and like... She's like the only one who has any sense or knows anything. Correct. And she kind of like preys on the more simple, simple folk in the story, and without like drawing attention to their idiot idiocy she figures out the whole thing and can you remind me what it was there was one particularly cohen brothersy thing that i really didn't like in the movie mm. and i can't remember what it was music related or maybe or like cutscenes or something oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was the cutscenes. like the the scenes would just end like very strangely with dialogue or with no dialogue at all and then it would just cut to a different scene yeah weird transitions I and like noticeably weird, like irritatingly weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's artsy. It's not. It's annoying. Um, it's, it's, incong it's incongruous. It's not artsy. Yeah. And so for me, I enjoyed it upon my first viewing. Um, second viewing did not hold up for me, especially by the end because <clears throat> Margie is just driving around White Bear Lake or Moose Lake. It's unclear exactly where she is, and she finds the guys, and it's like. You know, she figured out the whole William H. Macy plotline and realized he was at the center of it. But then she just totally sort of accidentally bumps into the bad guys and leads to the famous wood chipper scene and all that Ooh. stuff. And it just didn't feel quite as, I don't know, clever upon second rewatch. Upon rewatch, it was just like a bunch of scenes thrown together. To make it sort of a if she wasn't in there and the character that she was, I, the movie would have had zero redeeming qualities for me. Mm. Like I 
I think a lot of the movie hinges on you having some sort of sympathy for William H. Macy's character. Yeah. To make it watchable. And I didn't. I, and you're not supposed to like him. He's, I mean, you always struggle not, with cringe hum humor. And that's kind of what yes, he is. It's, but it's not even cringe humor. It's cringe, like, Drama. death. Yeah. Like, just so many of the people that died in the situations he get into are just ridiculous. And it's, yeah, cringe. It's, it's cringe humor taken to the next level. Yeah. It's like cringe slapstick or cringe, like... Well, if Michael Scott started hiring people to murder people. Yeah. Yeah, if, if he you, went totally off the deep end. If you put Michael Scott in a Coen Brothers film. Mm. Like, the, this is what it's like. And I have a really hard time with that. Because he's just kind of the bumbling fool kind of character. But in this gritty movie, which means, like, loads of people get murdered. Yeah. And for what? So, yeah. I watched the first season of Fargo and was utterly underwhelmed um just because it seemed like they took like the weakest parts of the movie and just tried to like twist them and modernize them a bit and assumed it would work like it still has two criminals and it still has a police chief trying to crack this case and it just it never worked for me um and i'm not plus a big, i don't like... like mr hobbit much either so huh? who played uh, bilbo yeah um i am just not a fan of serious police procedurals or detective type sure. stories. Like, I don't even like detective books or mystery books at all. Mm -hmm. And this one wasn't even really a mystery. It was more of a detective. No, or you police, see it from all angles. A police story. Yeah. But it still felt like that kind of like watching someone put the pieces together. And yeah, I just didn't really like the tone at all from the very beginning. You want to know the worst part about the TV series? is that the season one hinges on... Do you remember what happened in the movie with the suitcase full of, whatever it is, $900,000? Uh, he buries it in the snow? Yeah. The TV series picks up, like, ten years later or something, and someone finds the suitcase next to the, uh, the car cleaner. Okay. The ice chipper thing. Yeah. Um, and finds the suitcase. Now, it's cold in Minnesota, but... It does, all the snow does melt for at least four or five there months of the year. There is summer here. It is not the Arctic. Yeah. So the TV series kicks off with, with someone after a decade finding the money with no one else stumbling upon that field that was right next to a highway before then. Okay. Yeah. And that, that money is sort of like haunted kind of. Okay. Yeah. Not interested. Hmm. So, if you want some sort of weird Minnesotan movie, go for Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's much more of like a very, the tone of that one is just very like, how would you even describe the tone of Drop Dead Gorgeous? It's extra. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> it's extra. Whereas the tone of this one was just like Coen Brothers slapstick death comedy. Okay. And it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It's not my kind of movie. And I knew it wasn't my kind of movie, which is why I never wanted to watch it. Yeah. But I watched it now. You were right. we got to experiment with new things for you. Yeah. All right. I don't have any upcoming things except for I that think... Toy Story comment, which I still can't believe they're doing Toy Story for. They had a Toy Story marathon. We watched about 45 seconds of number one and a minute and a half of number two, and I was not um, incentivized to watch anymore. No, I was never... It, we were a little bit too old for it when it came out. The original one came out. Yeah. Like, my brother was kind of into it, but not that much. Um, 
But I just don't understand after Toy Story 3, where <sighs> you had, like, so many emotional moments. I cried so much in that movie the first time I watched it. And then it was, like, so long, partner. And it ends. Like, how the fuck are you going to have a Toy Story 4? Just leave it. Poor Pixar. Just do something new. Poor Pixar. Um, the only upcoming thing I have is that Sarah Dessen has a new book coming out next summer. Hate Spinnerbait. Good job, babe. So, next uh, it's summer. The Rest of the Story. It's a pretty good Sarah Dessen title. Yeah. Comes out next summer, and I don't know any details about it yet. I don't think any has been released, but she keeps saying, like, this might have been my last book, and then she what? writes a new book, so. She's so young. She said that a couple She's times so already. so young. Um, we watched Elf this week. You didn't mention that. Oh, yeah. You did pretty good with your quotes. Thanks. Has Sarah Dessen ever written a series or a sequel? Are they all standalone? They are all within the same universe. The Spinnerbait universe. Yes. But there's certain destinations, like some of them take place in the same town and have some of the same side characters. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe there's ever been a direct sequel. You're welcome for that interesting question. Yeah. So that's all I got. Okay. Um, we've got some good podcasts planned out, though. Mm-hmm. We've watched some things. We've sung in some some movie theaters. We have. Don't stop me now. Oh, yeah. Shh, don't give it away. Um, we have some classics coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got a threesome coming up. We don't normally do... Oh, yeah. We don't normally do a try, tri-segment episode. We have a few times. Okay, sure, let's downplay it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back with a few episodes in December for sure. So, happy Thanksgiving. Happy getting stressed about Christmas presents and where to put your Christmas tree season. Mm-hmm. And we'll hopefully be back at you next week. Okay, peace out. Bye. We gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, er, get down, whoa, whoa, get down, er, get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down.